Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. She is a comedian, world traveler, economist, and the host and creator of the Villains of History podcast. Always a pleasure to have her. Kat Alvarado, welcome. Hello. Hello. It's me. Hi. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year to you, too. Welcome. You have a, did you have a good New Year's? I did. It was lovely. Awesome. I watched that Soul movie from the Pixar. It's great. I've been hearing amazing things. I got to ask. And, well, let me, let me introduce our other panelists and then we'll we'll open this up to the floor cat great to have you on. <laughs> i Thank don't think you. i got to that part as always we are also joined by comedian scholar and the black voice of reason it is my distinct pleasure to introduce mr time and ship welcome sir thank you dave happy new year power to the people it's uh good to be on the other side oh yeah well we're we're not quite there yet do you have a good new year's oh it's good Actually, I worked New Year's Eve, so I ended. I was at you know we never closed, you know. Yep. So, crime, uh, crime, yeah. crime don't stop. Didn't get any criminals in that night though. Wow. No criminals came in. Yeah, everybody took a break from, from doing some shit. You know, nice. one of the one of the things that kind of cracks me up, but it it makes sense, but it still kind of cracks me up is a few years ago in Los Angeles, at least in Hollywood, they passed a law against silly string. <laughs> Because, you know, people would be out partying on, on Hollywood Boulevard, you know, bar hopping and stuff, and people would get silly string, and apparently it's just a real pain in the ass for the city to clean up. Right. You know, and that shit gets everywhere. It's up on signs and stuff. So I'm wondering, like, yeah, with with no mass gatherings in the city, no opportunities to uh, to be busting people for silly string. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always wondered, like, if that's one of those things, like, you know, you're you're in the holding tank, you're in, you know, city lockup or whatever, waiting, waiting to be bailed out, and what, you know, what are you in for? Uh, you know, breaking and entering. What are you in for? Oh, stole a car, carjacking. What are you in for? Silly string. Oh, uh, stay away from that guy. Uh. Well, thank you, thank you for being here. Have you seen Soul yet, Simon? I have a soul. Yes, I do. Well, I know you have one. <laughs> Have you have you seen the uh, the Pixar flick? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. I've seen the uh, uh, you know clips on it. Uh, you know, been advertising. Yeah, I'm, uh, I I haven't seen it yet, but I have heard nothing but good. But and this is what I was going to jump into after uh, introducing Cat. Have Have either of you seen Wonder Woman 1984? I have. I have, and here's the thing: I really enjoyed it up to the third act, or the sorry the the third hour. Third- <laughs> I really enjoyed it up until like the last, yeah, the third act. Yeah, yeah. The third act. It was really fun and and silly and lighthearted and a good time. And then it just was a train wreck from there. It was they they Game of Thrones to the end, if you will. <laughs> kind of just cobbled it together and then like, oh, cool. And now there's an end. It's almost like they're getting tired of making superhero movies and they're like, yeah, yeah, the end is always there's a big fight and then they confront the villain. Then there's like some kind of a speech and then the villain gives up and then it's the end because they won. Yeah. Like, and uh, oh, we should probably throw some sort of epilogue on here. Yeah. Yeah. I was just kind of thrown together. I heard the reviews weren't great on it. So 
that they're pretty they're pretty uh harsh uh, about her about the I, I would say my facebook feed universally panned at the movie i was the one person who was like but i thought it was nice See, I, I liked it <laughs> i mean overall i i don't have a lot of good things to say about it and i was only half joking when i said the third hour the movie is two and a half hours long mm-hmm. and you know i was thinking about this after the movie after watching it it could have used a much heavier hand in the editing room, but the story is so convoluted that it's like, well, what could you cut out without making it completely incomprehensible? Nothing, I guess. Okay, so there you go. But, you know, overall, it's it's like, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I'm I'm a big fan of Doctor Who. Yeah, I've been watching it since catching it on PBS when I was in eighth grade, you know, when there were still only four doctors. Uh, They're up to 13 and a half now, I guess, if you follow the continuity. And it's I still enjoy watching it. But there there are episodes where I have to remind myself, dude, it's a kid's show. Like, don't don't get upset. This isn't fulfilling what I was looking. It's a kid's show. You're lucky to still be enjoying it after all these years. Yes, exactly. That's how I felt watching it. Because when I was I don't take superhero movies that seriously myself. I'm not a huge fan of the whole genre. It's nice. It's fun sometimes. But for me, it's fast food. Superhero movies are McDonald's. And so I went into it expecting McDonald's. I got McDonald's. A good time was had. And that's why I didn't have very bad reviews. I think these other people are going in there. I don't know. Maybe they're expecting the Joker. Well, I, or- will, I will say that, you know, I, I do think Marvel has done something with their movies that DC hasn't been able to do. And it's... I, you know, I don't know. The stories, the something. But something about the DC movies... And the DC TV shows are like for what they are, you know, for soap operas with with capes. They're like great, especially compared to the movies. So I don't I don't know what you're doing, uh, Warner. And that's that that's my biggest issue. Uh, speaking of Warner, is I I understand that this was supposed to be like the big holiday tentpole movie for for Warner, and that's why it premiered on HBO Max. But it's Wonder Woman. If it's going to premiere on a streaming service, shouldn't it have been Amazon? <laughs> but um, thank you. My biggest problem with the movie: ten minute lead up to a pun. That's what I do. <laughs> Speaking of Wonder Woman, last night I had a dream that there was a team of raccoons terrorizing my neighborhood, and I beat the shit out of them. <laughs> I, I like that they were a team. <laughs> Uh-huh. No, it was a it was a, a band of them. There was a group of them, and uh, and then I ended up on like world star hip hop. Nice. <laughs> We're like this beating the shit out of, and I hit one in the face with a with a hanger, with a pants hanger, and went <laughs> and was like ran away. Uh, the best dream I've had recently. Honestly, That's it was great. Right on. <laughs> well, some may say that you're a dreamer and. <laughs> You're not the only one. Uh, me? Oh, I don't. I don't think I've mentioned this. Uh, I'm Doctor David Robinson. I am uh, your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse. Hopefully, the current one. And we've we've already been talking a lot, but there is so much more to discuss, which we will be doing after this brief message from our sponsors at Community Spread. It's morning in America. 
and people are waking up to the great taste of community spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches... Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread. Unmitigated Spread. It's time for another peak. And not only is it time for another peak, we we now have the uh, new and improved mutant strain of the uh, COVID virus in California, also available in Colorado and Florida. Woo! Oh God! This uh, this era cannot end soon enough. Uh, this is our first show of the new year. It is actually it's the second day of 2021, which means this is the educational portion of the show. Uh, January second is National Cream Puff Day, National Personal Trainer Awareness Day, and National Science Fiction Day. So they've got all body types covered there. Uh, I think I'm <laughs> somewhere between the first and the third, but we're, we're working on that. So that's good. Uh, but the, uh, the one thing I, I did find uh, interesting national science fiction day declared because today is Isaac Asimov's birthday. Nice. So yeah, good way to, uh, to celebrate him. We are four days away from the Georgia runoffs, 18 days from a new government, which some may quote the who and say, same as the old boss. But as of today, we've got Timpany. 347,956 Americans dead from the coronavirus and big number 20,173,300 confirmed cases and as long as we're talking numbers still 628 immigrant children who remain separated from their parents because for the meantime it is still Trump's America. Hey, remember when 628 was an upsetting number? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that is down from 666, so uh, progress. Uh, but we did we did cross the the 20 million mark on confirmed cases. And we were talking about New Year's. And I I had a a New Year's Day Zoom chat with a bunch of my old friends. And one of one of my friends is a nurse working, you know, L.A. area. But he was saying everything you're reading in the news about how bad it is. Trust me, it's worse. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
he was saying at the hospital where he works, they have a tent out in the parking lot, which is basically the annex to the morgue. And they are setting up patient treatment tent areas in the the covered parking lot. So amazingly, people are still denying this. We we were talking about New Year's. Did you guys see any of the footage of uh, New Year's at Mar-a-Lago? Oh, no. What was that? Oh, shoot. Uh, it, uh, the, the one band, like, for the most part, it's like, oh, I can't really lose any respect for anyone here because I didn't have any. But uh, apparently Berlin played. And oh. uh, yeah, I saw, you know, and I mean, it's like, I think Terry Nunn and maybe the keyboardist are the only original members. But, you know, I saw them at uh, some fest a, a few years ago in Long Beach. And, and yeah, it was fun. It was, it was a good time uh, reliving memories of the 80s when you were too young to go to festivals in Long Beach. But, you know, it was like still had a modicum of respect left for them. Sorry. I mean, I know a paycheck's a paycheck and we all do questionable things in tough times. It is a pandemic after all, but come on. Come on, Berlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, and then I heard at my, Taylor Dane, right? Oh, no shit. Yeah. Well, unbreak my heart. Wow. Uh, I think that's Tony Braxton. I'm talking about. Oh, Taylor is it? Dane. She's like the blonde. No, I know who Taylor Dane is. Mm-hmm. My mom was, was a big fan. She like, she was a big Whitney fan, Taylor Dane. Um, so yeah, I do know my, uh, you said, uh, Mar Largo. Cause you know, they do have key Largo, you know, like, <laughs> back to Kokomo. Carliga. Uh, Maybe they yeah. got confused well, and thought it was, well, Mike key love, Largo. uh, from the beach boys, not the actual beach boys, but Mike love and his band performed at Mar Lago and the headlining act vanilla ice. <laughs> oh, oh my yeah. God. Why ice, is that not baby. surprising? Oh man. You know, you know, it cracked me up. Uh, Don Don Jr. like tweeted or or posted something on Facebook. I saw you know a screenshot of it in a news story. But he's like, dude, if you're a child of the '90s, you know how awesome it is to have Vanilla Ice. And it's like now, I mean, I was, but no, I mean that would that would be like, hey, oh, Berlin's on first, excellent. We can watch them and then leave. Uh, <laughs> Only thing about Vanilla Ice is watching Jim Carrey on In Living Color portray <laughs> Vanilla Ice. That shit is so funny. That shit is killer. Uh, he was—he was a joke. He was—he was. He was uh, what Vanilla Ice is is what. Well, what Eminem is is what Vanilla Vanilla Ice was supposed to be. Yes, absolutely. Oh, oh wow, he was really off the mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, as long as we're we're talking hip hop, was really upset to hear that uh, MF Doom passed away. Died at uh, at the end of October, but his family kept it, you know, under wraps until the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. Cause well, it, the guy from Houdini, and then the guy from the oh Shabadoo. Yeah, Shabadoo. Yeah. Oh my god, it's it's insane. I watched um, maybe it was yesterday one of those montages in memoriam of all the celebrities that died in 2020. It was such a long in memoriam. Yeah. And I imagine yeah. it's because of COVID. Um, yeah. It was just such a, it, it felt like it was 10 minutes long. I'm like, oh, there's more. You know, you know, one thing that's odd though, and I think this is just a factor, you know, for me of getting older, um, lost a, a lot of people this year, family, friends, 
other folks that had been in circles. And I got to say, uh, it's, you know, not like, oh, where's the silver lining? And this isn't necessarily a silver lining, but it's just kind of surprising. Of of all of the people in my circles that died this year, only one <laughs> was from COVID. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, just getting, getting, to, <laughs> well, it was funny. Uh, one of the people who I found out, a guy who I had grown up with, and he was kind of my first bully, but we made peace, you know, years later, but he passed away. And my friend who called to, to, I mean, he didn't just call to tell me that, but uh, he was saying he he had talked to another friend who was like, well, we're getting to that age. He's like, no, we're not getting to that age. This isn't the middle ages where we have longer life expectancies, you know? And then he said, well, yeah, maybe not. But the way we've lived our lives, it makes sense that a lot of us are dying in our fifties. It's like, yeah, all right, you get to that. Yeah. Certainly not fortunate to have anyone in your life die, but it, it's like, well, I guess in the midst of a pandemic, I'm, I'm glad, you know, maybe they didn't suffer, you know, so small favors, but, uh, yeah, you know, new year's everybody on, on this show, at least we all did the solo thing. You know, I, uh, hung out in the courtyard safely distanced, uh, with a couple neighbors earlier on in the evening, but then it was like, yeah, all right, you know, let's close the doors, lock the windows. Uh, a friend of mine's band who uh, I want to uh, give a shout out because these guys really made my New Year's this year. Black Crystal Wolf Kids, L.A. area indie rock tribute band. And for the last three years, they played the New Year's Eve show at Pappy and Harriet's, which is this you know, legendary venue out uh, in pioneer town. And obviously they couldn't do it this year, but they had shot video of last year's show. So they premiered it on YouTube, like in sequence in time with real time. So, yeah. So that was, uh, that was, that was a lovely evening. It was, you know, it was a great show. It was, it was, and there was a live chat going on during it. So, yeah, you felt like, you weren't alone. I think it couldn't be a it's better time in history to have this kind of a thing happen because we're all so connected via like digital medium. I mean, with Twitter, I feel like I'm, you know, super in sync with what everybody's doing. I, you know, have tabs on all the craziness. And then I have group chats with my friends where we talk about like whatever political thing happened. So like they really keep me up to date. They're great and smarter than me. And it's nice to have that. And we joke around in the group chat and, you know, not, not to mention just being able to text people, being able to have Zoom, uh, Skype, uh, all the things. I mean, wow, it's it would be so much worse without all that. We'd be so isolated and yeah. sad and said we're not. I mean, we're kind of sad, but you know what? It's okay. We're coping. You know, we, we did you hear about the, the people on the uh, cruise ships committing suicide? <laughs> oh, yeah, because I'm they, sorry, I'm laughing, they but... couldn't go anywhere, especially if you were a worker, you couldn't leave. Oh, God. And so they were, you know, guys weren't coming, showing up for lunch and they'd be in their room swinging, you know, or, when was uh, this? Or they'd jump over the side and hang themselves off the balcony. Wow. Male and female. They were what? going crazy. They could not handle. I mean, because everybody said, oh, I want to go on a cruise. That's why I would say, 
a week on a cruise is cool. But if you got to go longer, like I could, could you perform six months no. on a damn cruise ship? Hell no. Because no, not with, I, I would probably be thrown overboard. <laughs> oh, hey, one guy jumped over and never found him. Man. He said, fuck it, I'm out. Well, you know, and it's, they could not. It was on the uh, flipboard. Could I get them sent to me by email? The flipboard. And there was one of the stories they were talking about how suicide went up among a lot of the cruise ship work, uh, the workers. See, this is, this is one of the things that I, I kind of don't understand. And I remember early on, and it may have been right when the pandemic started. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to like call her out, but one of, one of our regular panelists had gone on a Disney cruise <laughs> with her family. And I know Timon, you've, you've worked the cruise ships doing, doing yeah. comedy. Um, I took a cruise once and it was like, yeah, we're not, we're not doing this again. Uh, just not my vibe, you know? And, and like, yes, there are plenty of activities, but you cannot leave. <laughs> well, you can't leave. I'm, I'm not a strong swimmer. How, so how many people have like, like, I don't know if you heard about the girl from Texas out with her girlfriends late night. And if you've been on a cruise ship late at night, and you're walking along the fucking the, the bow area, you know, where you can like, you know, I mean, it's really cool. If you want to just chill out, it's great. But you got to know, there's no one out there with you. Right. And if anything happens, you can cancel Christmas. It's done. They're not going to find you. So the girl from Texas, they were hanging out, her and her girlfriends getting drunk. And she decided to sit on the railing. Ugh. And boop, went right over the side, and they never found it. She get a Darwin Award for that? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. But here's here's the thing, and this is where we bring it into relevance of of the show. Well, one one thing before we get to the thing is that obviously, as we've all learned from yeah the past seven months of pandemic uh, or nine months, I have no concept of time anymore, but yeah, we've all learned a bit about what you're supposed to do to keep yourself safe from, from germs and things. But you hear about so many things on cruise ships, you know, and, uh, other viruses and, and things where it's like, ah, I don't know if I'd feel that comfortable going on a cruise anyway, but in the midst of a pandemic, like who is, who is booking cruises? And this is where we get into the relevance. For the people who work on the ships, you you are obviously being made by your employer to work in an unsafe work environment. Yeah, they're huge patri dishes. Yeah. So if if anyone is wondering what Mitch McConnell's big issue with the the coronavirus relief that the House was trying to pass is he he believes that the employers and corporations need to be shielded uh, from liability. And it's right. like, okay, you take a cruise line, for, for example. And this isn't really relevant to cruise lines because most of them, for tax purposes, aren't based in America. <laughs> you know, the ships are all, like, flying under flags from, you know, tax havens in the Caribbean or, or wherever. But if 
you know that there is a virus that is easily spread and you're like, well, you know, we're not we're not going to test our employees. But okay, can, you know I, your can job. I just speak on behalf of the corporations, which sure. I feel terrible, but it's yeah. like lately my inner Republican has been showing. I am very sorry, world. But like, okay. Not a good start to the new year. We're talking about a virus. Okay, let's first of all say (laughs) people will sue for whatever the hell they want to sue for. This is a fact. People will squirt lotion on the ground. I used to work in retail. And one of the things they told me, we were selling lotion. It was the body shop. You know, if someone squirts it on the ground, you have to clean it up right away because they'll do that on purpose to sue and win Mm -hmm. a million bucks because, oh, now they have a slip disc. Never mind. They're in cahoots with the chiropractor. Right. And they go and and they exploit companies for that. So here we have a virus where we didn't really know what was going on a lot at the beginning. And companies were just figuring stuff out. And and people didn't really know just how contagious is this? Is it on the surfaces? Is it in the air? We're not sure. Do masks work? Do masks not work? So there is a period of time where you know that the companies were going to make mistakes. We were all making mistakes. Yes. You know? And yeah. And if I, we open the door for them to be sued, they're going to sue the living shit out of all these places. These companies are going to go under. See, but I, I disagree with that. I mean, I understand. And I, yes, people, especially uh, these days in Americans, will do whatever they can, you know, sue whoever they can to make a quick buck. There are a lot of scumbags out there and and the lawyers that'll take the cases but much like and i i bring up the republican argument because these are the people who we're arguing with you know much as they said when when liberals and democrats and actual you know patriotic americans and people who know the constitution had issues with trump and with the senate republicans giving him a pass in the impeachment i said well you know if you have an issue with the president this is why we have elections every four years so my issue with what you're saying cat is yeah People are going to sue. And yes, there was definitely a period at the beginning of the pandemic where nobody knew what the fuck was going on because, hey, it's our first pandemic. So there, there is a period where it would be understandable to have some shielding from liability. But the thing is, and the Republican argument and the relevance of the four years elections is if the system works then the the frivolous lawsuits will be tossed and you know the the answer is not to give the companies and the corporations umbrella coverage from liability you can't you can't do that i mean because yeah, I much mean, much as there much it. as there are people and individuals who will try and game the system and try and file frivolous lawsuits so they can make money Companies and corporations have a long history of fucking over the workers. I mean, look at what's happening in it. Amazon now, you know, this is why we have unions. And I, I grant the validity of, of your point, Kat, that, yeah, the, the, the bottom line is the system is broken. But the Republicans want to continue with the system broken as it is 
and ideally break it even more because when they do that, it breaks to their advantage. What they need to do is have a panel or a committee that decides what are the things that in good faith we should have expected companies and employers to do for their workers. Set those guidelines and say these are the things where you can sue for at this period in time when it was known and common commonly aware. Well, and then like yeah, different But phases. then you get you get people like these managers at a Tyson chicken plant in in Iowa who had a pool going on how many of their employees were going to die from the virus. Yeah, that's completely wrong. I mean, that's maybe at the beginning when you still don't know. A lot of these people were were people of color working at those chicken plants that a lot of um, immigrants work Mm -hmm. there. So at that point, that's almost just treating them like they're less than people, to be honest. You don't bet on people's lives. Right. Well, and that's what's always gotten corporations in trouble. I mean, let's, let's face it. They've never wanted to pay them the money. They never wanted to make sure. That's why they don't want you to have unions. They don't want you to because, you know, they don't want to pay you and they're not going to fight for you. I mean, and it's not I mean, they want me at my job working for probation, which is the county job to bring in a doctor's note after calling out for one day. Okay, when I have 100 percent, I have 100 percent sick. Okay, I don't have I have tons of sick time. I have tons of vacation time. But you're telling me I can't use it. Yeah, you can, but you just got to. So, who? I mean, who does that? Who, who wants well, to, you know time what? I go to call out sick, I have to call, I have to go and bring out a doctor's note. Just just thinking about the psychology of this, if if you if you really break down it, what the, the elements of what's going on here, it sort of explains how the Republicans were so quick to fall before Donald Trump, because you look at the corporate employee relationship and the Trump Republican Senator relationship, it's kind of the same thing. One side has all the power because the underling lets them have it. There are protections set up and, you know, any, any Republican Senator could have stood up for the impeachment there were a few, you know, Mitt Romney, and I don't believe, you know, I'm throwing praise to Mitt Romney, but, you know, you got to give a little credit. There, there are a few Republicans who did stand up and, and say, hey, this is bullshit. But then they didn't do anything after that. They just, you know, I, I just want to be on record saying, hey, this is bullshit. What are you, what are you doing? To, to Nothing, nothing. But I'm on record saying, you know, but. Then you had the the Susan Collins pearl clutchers who would be very concerned. And then, yeah, but I, I need the job. So I'm just going to keep it and I'm going to keep my mouth shut and we're just going to let this happen. And then, you, you know, you get the people who buy into the system 110%, like, you know, Josh Hawley, who is really just trying to set himself up for, for a 2024 run and maintain Donald Trump's base. And there again, I mean, they should, Dave, when you, when you mention that base, that base is not even a regular Republican. No, that base doesn't even know what they're, they're claiming. If you enter, when they interview those, that so-called base, those people are sitting back saying, well, he says it like it is. He, yeah, he's a little crazy, but he, you know, no, it's white identity politics. You know, I, I also think we have to talk about 
Trump and himself and, and what he is, and that's a charismatic leader who's willing to do whatever it takes to stay in power, doesn't care about his own party, doesn't care about the outcome, doesn't care about anything. It is about him and staying in power, and they will say whatever lies they need to say, and they will primary whoever needs to be primaried. So you can have a Republican who gets 99% on every single thing that they need to vote on as a Republican. And if they speak out about Trump, then they're out and they get primaried. And oftentimes they get primaried by someone who's even more radically to the right. You know, there was, weren't there a couple where there were people who were like out, outright white supremacists? Oh, yeah. And so well, I, I can imagine. pictures with the Klan. Yeah. Oh, my God. There you can, go. So I can imagine what it's like to be one of those Republicans, like a Susan Collins. And here you are, you're pearl clutching. You have genuine moral problems with this, but you could be replaced by somebody even worse. Yeah, so- but you know what? And especially for someone who's who's been in Congress as long as she has, you got some money put away. And if if you are running for any office, but especially Congress, a national office. You should understand that, like with doctors, yeah, the first do no harm. If you are a politician, if you are in office, and I realize how naive and and idiotic this sounds, but I'm I'm stating an ideal, not actuality. Your primary order should be what is good for the people not what is good for me, what is going to let me keep my job. And even in a sense of, you know, what some Republicans were trying to do at the beginning of, you know, Trump's scam to to maintain the office, even though he lost the election. Well, you know, he is doing what's good for America because he's better for America. It's like, well, you know what? No. First of all, no. And like uh, Dave, uh, Kelly Loeffler is calling uh, Warnock a socialist. Right. What are we what are we struggling for right now? Are we struggling to get a six hundred dollar check right now? That's socialism. The American people need help. We are hurting. I mean, the schools, everything, everything that we need. It should have came from our federal government. They had no plan. Yeah, they still don't. They vaccines. They had no plans. Oh, absolutely. Everything that's going on right now in Los Angeles with the, the, the hospitals being overrun, they don't have enough oxygen, they don't have enough beds. We have had nine months for the federal government to come up with what to do in case of a second spike. And they have done jack shit. The first time around, they sent over those naval vessels. Right. They're not around right now. We have well, no that, naval... That vessel just hmm. got called back and... They kept Biden from getting gaining the information that he needed because they're burning, they're, they're shredding papers right now. They don't want him to know what's going on in the Pentagon because Trump has has just basically gutted the whole fucking system, and and he does not care. He checked out months ago. This guy has checked out. He don't care about COVID, COVID, COVID. He's just complaining about COVID. And it's like people are dying, man. This shit is real. Yeah, but you know what the real tragedy is, is he couldn't stay at Mar-a-Lago for his New Year's party. He had to go back to Washington. That, that, sir, is the real tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. The, the loyalty tests that Trump has instilled among people 
have really caused some some problems with incentives of those politicians. And I have a lot of respect for the people like Jeff Flake, for example, who stuck to their guns and opposed Trump, even though that meant that they would lose their role yeah. as, a, as a senator. Um, you know, mad props what for him. Sass? Yeah, Ben Sass, but he's still too, Trump, too little too uh, late. Romney came out good and talked about the incompetence of Trump and how they've handled these vaccines. It's like cause Biden told him from the very beginning, I'm not worried about the vaccine. I'm I'm worried. How are you going to get it into their arm? Yeah, I think uh, you can't get it in their arm. They're supposed to have 20 million doses, and we and just to- over three million numbers. I saw this morning, just under uh-huh. or just over three million people have have received the the Trump first. Trump made it sound like it was going to be people from the National Guard, like just. Come like they roll in with tanks filled with vaccinations, and then they set up a table right at the end of my block, and they just yeah. And I, you know, I've been I've been seeing news <laughs> coverage, you know, where they're looking back at the news coverage of uh, when the polio vaccine was first developed, and they used the schools as distribution centers and inoculation centers, and it's like this is this is one of the most frustrating things, is that. The states have the infrastructure and what they're lacking is a federal plan and federal funding. Right. And this, this is where, you know, it's really easy for Trump with anything that's too hard or hard at all to do, blame it on the states, you know, shift response. Well, you know, it's, we, we sent him the vaccine. He had an opportunity that if he really wanted to be the rock star and he thought that he was, he had an opportunity to blow this out of the park. That would have taken work. All he had to do, he hasn't been in on any of the negotiations. But if he gave up, if he hadn't have fired the, the, uh, the inspector general that was watching the money, when that first big stimulus bill came out, he fired the inspector general who knew where the money went. That's how all those major corporations were able to come in and rake up the money and the small business people didn't get shit. When if I'm, if I'm know? not mistaken, I think uh, Steve Mnuchin is still sitting on a big pile of cash that no one knows if it's there or what's, what's going on with it. Oh right. no, he's going to be using that to make movies that push for Judeo-Christian values. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's uh, another thing. The evangelicals are voting for Trump and that it's like, oh, he can do no wrong. All they care about is the fact that he's against abortion. You know, this yeah, is, people are in a cult. They're yeah. in a cult at this point. They are 100% not in their right mind. Because Which, I feel like everything else he does is is completely counter to the, the evangelical community. We know this. And nothing, no amount of, of reason will resonate with them because they are so stuck. You can't even have a conversation with those people they are just not logical. This is one thing though, that, that does give me a little bit of hope is that, you know, of all these, uh, certainly not Ted Cruz, not Josh Hawley, but all these guys who want to be the next Donald Trump, what they fail to understand. And this goes to the whole cult mentality. They are not the charismatic leader that Donald Trump is. And I, you know, do, do I find him charismatic? No, but obviously there are a lot of people who do. But the way cults work is that they're centered around that one person. And when Trump goes away, 
And I'm not, you know, God, I certainly don't want to sound like him. You know, one day it'll, he'll, he'll just disappear. It, like, yeah, when the weather gets warm again, it, that kills him. No, I'm not saying, you know, and he will definitely try to stay relevant on the national media front after he's tossed out of Washington. But the thing that all these guys who want to be the next Donald Trump don't understand is they, they lack that one thing. Like they, sure, they, you know, they preach the gospel, but they, they aren't him. And the, the base is not going to give them the adoration that they gave Trump. It's like if I got up there and tried to read George Carlin's stand-up <laughs> and perform it to the best of my ability. At the end of the day, I'm not George Carlin. I haven't been on stage for 30 years, and I don't have that stage presence. I mean, I have some. You know, I'm not nobody, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> It, it just would not be the same and people would not react the same way to it. If I did George Carlin's material, they would be like, what is this? And walk out probably. And also, it's the same thing here. You, you can't just karaoke somebody's act. Well, and I think the, the other thing and to sort of add on to that karaoke comparison is that Trump just wants power and attention. Folks like Ted Cruz, folks like Josh Hawley, they have an agenda. So it's not just doing karaoke to Carlin's bits, but doing karaoke and thinking you can improve on them. <laughs> and the like from the audience perspective, who knows and loves the original material, they don't want your extra added crap. That's that's bullshit that has nothing to do with them. And because these guys lack that charisma, they aren't going to be able to sell it. It's also going to get splintered up. Like, let's also look at things where we have other types of charismatic evil leaders like cartels or ISIS or, you know, Al-Qaeda. When you take out the one leader that everybody's focused around, what that leads is a vacuum. Yep. And then it gets splintered up as the various people choose their loyalties. And, and that is why they like to take out the guy at the top of the Mexican mafia or, or whichever cartel because it weakens the whole thing. And that's essentially what's going to happen here. We've taken out the top boss. I mean, theoretically, we've taken out the boss, the Don. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, -oh. but, you know, as as we said at the very beginning of the show, it ain't, it ain't over. One of the one of the engineers I worked with at a radio station had had a few sayings. And one of his sayings was, it ain't done till it's done. And even then it ain't done. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you know, crazy week that we just got through the one ahead is even crazier because we are four days away from the Georgia runoffs. So that's happening. And then you've got January 6th congressional certification of the electoral votes. And also on January 6th is what I'm hoping I'm wrong about, but what I'm thinking is going to be like America's answer to Kristallnacht, uh, where we've got the Proud Boys and every, you know, every other Trump sycophant terrorist group marching on Washington, presumably armed. The 6th is going to be a really interesting day. So tune into the show next week, kids, because we're going to have a lot to talk about. But I, I think Biden is definitely going to come out of this as, oh, <laughs> 
as as the victor, as he should, a lot of Republicans are going to come out of this looking really, really horrible. And hopefully people remember that. Well, you know, there's a brother that just jumped on the list. Uh, now, Tim Scott's not going to do that. He's not going to. He knows that Biden has won. But there's this guy named Burgess Owens, who's also, uh, I think he's a senator, some congressman, that says that Trump definitely won and we need to stand up and fight for that. And I was like, where are they finding these guys? I think they're paying them. They're they're saying, here's $10 million for you to say this. And they go, you know what? That's more than I make it as a senator. I'll take it. Yeah, Whatever it is, it's the amount that is enough for them to say, if I stop being a senator tomorrow, I will be still set for life. That is the amount that they're getting paid. And honestly, I think that's where a lot of this money that they're fundraising is going to go to, is paying off the right people in power such that he stays in power. And unfortunately, they are morally bankrupt enough to say to hell with the country, to hell with democracy, because they didn't have principles to begin with. Let's face it, they're politicians and Republicans. That's a double whammy. (laughs) (laughs) See, um, but, you know, here's... One thing that I wanted to talk about, and Timon, Timon brought up uh, Kelly Loeffler, and you know, we're talking about the Georgia runoffs. And I don't know if you guys saw the uh, news coverage this week, but uh, Fox News was at a rally, and they they got John Ossoff. And they, like, you know, would would you like to? Do you have anything you'd like to say about you know? And I the I, they posed like a very leading question, like. You know, do you have anything you'd like to say about why Donald Trump is the best thing that ever happened to America and and why he should be ruled leader for life? And, you know, Ossoff didn't take the bait, but he did say, well, you know, uh, I'm glad uh, that you're giving me the airtime. And I want to remind everyone that Kelly Loeffler is campaigning with a Klansman. And you say politicians aren't principled. Ossoff's still new at the game, but... You look at Democrats versus Republicans and how far they're willing to go with things. And if Ossoff was using the Republican playbook, I don't think he would have stopped at mentioning that she's campaigning with the Klansman, which is true. I think he would have gone on to say that I have heard from very reliable sources. A lot of people are saying that the only reason Kelly Loeffler, who is one of the richest people in Congress, if not the richest, the only reason she bought a WNBA team was because it was the closest she could get under existing law to owning black people. Oh, now, if Ossoff was using the Republican playbook, I think he would have he would have gone there or at least his writers would have suggested that he should. John freelance writer in la if he was using if he was using trump's writers what he would have said is lazy eye loffler true it's gonna be as lazy for you as her eye is for her (laughs) but she does have eye issues doesn't she yeah they go in like two different directions it's like she's a chameleon and can you trust a chameleon can you guys i don't know my dad's girlfriend icy may was cross-eyed but hey you know 
I don't know. Maybe, Look, maybe I'm not if, sharing uh, my views on people who are cross-eyed, and I actually don't believe that we should ever make fun of people for their appearance. No, but, but if Kelly Loeffler, <laughs> if if she fails in Georgia, she can always go and run for office in Minnesota because the people up there love walleye. You know, if you if you ever talk to someone from Minnesota about fish and that, well, have you had walleye? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and so you hey, get but, hey, but you get Kelly Loeffler in there. She's going to get the walleye vote because those eyes are all over the place. <laughs> Don't you know? Gomer is going after Pence. Oh, now, toothless. Why they go out and fuck with Pence? See, this is... That, dumb? Yeah. Well, they're trying anything. This is what in Toothless Louie, uh, which if you haven't seen the footage of his tooth falling out while he was talking to the press, definitely something to Google on the YouTube. But <laughs> one, of, one of the things he said, and as long as I'm agreeing with idiots today, I mentioned, you know, throwing praise to Romney. Uh, one thing that Gomert said this week is that uh, Mike Pence is not a glorified envelope opener. And I absolutely agree with that. Mike Pence is not and should never be glorified. But as for his role in certifying the Electoral College votes, yeah, ceremonial. He doesn't even have to be there for it. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're really taking this thing. You got two things coming back to back. And then Trump is saying that he's going to have the Boogaloo boys come down and, and protest during uh, Biden's inauguration. Yeah, I think the, you know, y'all know me. I'm kind of a, you know, word dork and I, I get into etymology of things and, and usage of language. But I think it was really interesting. Trump's tweet promoting the riots on January 6th uh, when he said uh, you know, come to D.C., it's going to be wild. And if you'll remember, one of his, his first uh, nationally racist uh, coming out parties was when the Central Park Five, as they were yeah. called. Yeah, these five black kids were falsely accused of, of raping. Was it rape and murder or just rape? Uh, I mean, right. horrible either way. Uh, but raping and, and attacking this white woman in Central Park. Turns out it wasn't them. But at the time, I don't know if you guys remember like the press coverage, this was this was like the trend in crime was wilding, like getting, you know, groups of guys together to go out and tear shit up and beat people up and rape women and do whatever. And they were calling it wilding. So I found the the language really interesting, knowing that all these Trump supporting white supremacist terrorist groups are going to DC for the sixth that he, he has said it's going to be wild. Uh, I, man, you know, we, we bash the, the police a lot on this show, but thoughts and prayers for the DCPD. Cause well, you got to cross your fingers that the DCPD aren't the proud boys. Yeah. You know, you got, you got to hope that they're not among them because you know what, if they are one in the same, well then, you know, there's I'd, no stopping it. You know, and I've I've heard people, and I, you know, just this side of conspiracy theory, but trying to trying to guess the game plan, and there are people. <laughs> I, I'm not saying they're the, the best people or the most reliable people, but people are suggesting that Trump is going to try and incite, you know, riots and violence and destruction in D.C to use the Michael Flynn plan of declaring martial law 
and effectively that, that, that's a slap, huge slap in the face to our justice system that you pardon this prick and then he tells you oh by the way you need to go out and and do a uh do martial law and Well, I don't know if you knew this, but we're in a comic book right now. (laughs) (laughs) I would, I would like to think so. There, I mean, there are so many times I, I keep reminding myself and I don't necessarily agree a hundred percent, but the spirit of the words, I'm totally behind Michelle Obama telling everyone when they go low, you go high. And in general, I mean, it's it's a great principle. It's words to live by or do your best to live by. But they're, they're, the other side is playing dirty. And there are tactics that have been discussed. Um, one, of the, one of the things that I read are people are suggesting to Nancy Pelosi that she does not seat a number of these Republican congress people at the beginning of the new session because of a congressional rule uh, against putting people who are guilty of treason and sedition into the congress and it's one of those things like procedurally it makes total sense i feel like we've completely lost sight of what treason and sedition even are is there even a law? Because it, it intuitively, it feels like it's already been done. Like people have committed treason and sedition at this point simply by encouraging somebody to stay in power. Honestly, if you wanted to you respect democracy, then you know what you do is you push for, I don't know, another election with a different person. So instead of Trump, we're, we want another election. We're going to run Ted Cruz. But Trump is out. That he's out, he's out. You know what I mean? Um, because we have to have like the moving forward of power, period, end of story. But that's not, it's not what they want. It's not about a fake election having a new election. Unfortunately, they don't care about the peaceful transfer of power in any way at the moment. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, not saying I, I have total faith in the system uh, because I I have very little, but let's just see what happens and we'll go from there. Be prepared, but let's not overreact. I have, I have never been so thankful to live clear across the continent (laughs) from the (laughs) capital. Oh my gosh. And I am, I'm really glad we do live in, in California because as much as people are pissed off at Gavin Newsom, I think mainly the people pissed off at Gavin are Republicans. Yeah. Um, and, and he's done a better job than another, a lot of other places. There's a reason we didn't have this spike we're having now in April when New York had it and we right. could have had it a lot sooner and we did a great job. We flattened the curve. We put this off as long as we could. It was inevitable that it was going to happen in, at the holidays because you know how yeah, the holidays are the holidays. So I think he did a great job and, and this was going to happen. But Considering that, I, I also have faith that Gavin Newsom has a plan mm-hmm. and that he's going to roll out a good vaccine distribution plan because he's actually a competent leader. Um, yeah, I, I really, and I agree with you on that, Kat, because all of this that they've said, I don't care if it's the mayor, I don't care if it's the health people, they told you it's your behavior. You can't blame the governor, okay? I can't. I'm going to shut your business down because, damn it, you can't be here 
People are dying. If you can get your federal government to give us the money, when Trump said that I'm not helping blue states, he's like not knowing or doesn't give a shit that there are Republicans that live in that blue state also. So you're screwing them too. And by not giving them the money that Gavin asked for to help those small businesses get off the ground, I mean, we... I mean, we could have solved all this shit. This shit yeah, but those people don't care. think past their first face. They don't, they don't think past the first layer. They see what's right there. So if they're unhappy, they go, it's because of the Democrats that are currently in power. They don't go, oh, it's because the president is denying help towards the states that have Democrats in power. They are dumb. They are dumb as goldfish. Well, and that's it, all they see. See, but this is this is sort of the Republican way these days is to set up the narrative and it's a false narrative, but then you argue it as if it's the truth. It's, you know, there's Republicans are really fond of the Ronald Reagan quote. Uh, the, the nine scariest words in the English language are I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Now, if you believe that there are, I mean, sure, there are multiple things you could do, but generally there are two things that you could choose to do. You can choose to fix that and make the government uh, work so that that isn't a scary thing, that there is actual help there, or you can do everything in your power, which the Republicans have been doing since even before, since Reagan put it into words, but you can do everything to prove that right. And this, you know, this is what the Republicans uh, who are supporting Trump are doing now with creating this false narrative about election fraud, which numerous courts, more than 50 at this point, I believe, have said does not exist, but they want to investigate the allegations Here's that the they themselves are making. The airwaves, which with enough bullshit that a lot of these people who still are hanging on to the fake election narrative, they're not even aware of. The other day, I said to somebody, I have a Twitter follower who's like, I, I I don't know for whatever reason he follows me. I'm like I'm not a Republican. Leave me alone. And um, but he follows. And he's saying all this nonsense. And I said, well, don't you know that in Georgia, he's like, they need to have a recount, blah, blah, blah. I said, don't you know, in Georgia, they had three recounts and they all came out for Biden. And he goes, what? Show me a link. He didn't know that these recounts already happened. Yeah. And well, I don't know how they did that. How did they keep him from knowing the news? I guess it's because he's so busy commenting on Twitter and, and rage tweeting that he didn't know what's already occurred. And well, there is an information the, gap. I don't know how to close it, but it is bizarre that they already actually got what a lot of them wanted. Yeah, but it they didn't It didn't yield the results they wanted. So, you know, that's, that's the problem. And I, I hate to be so basic, but if, if you mix sugar and flour and water and eggs in the right proportions and then you put them in a pan and put it in a hot oven for a while, you really should not be surprised when a cake comes out. Yeah, <laughs> I, pretty much. It's, you know. It, I'm, I'm baffled too when they go, well, you know, Biden, his rallies had like nobody at them. I'm like, yeah, because Democrats think the virus is a serious issue. So we chose to not have 
actual rallies the end they're like no that means he wasn't popular how could he have won no because we didn't have rallies sir and they just will not accept it like they're not following usual logic that they they just don't this is why i keep saying they're in a cult like you can't even remember uh, trump trump started that when did he start that uh, that that they're gonna cheat him he started oh, he that, started like, that before, even before he was elected the first time. <laughs> 2016, he's like, it's all rigged, and then he won. Right. So, yeah. I mean, he had already started putting that out, and everybody, you know, those of us who are, aren't caught up in the bullshit can see, it's like, dude, you, you're already planning this, and you know, and at that, actually, more Republicans used to always vote by mail than, than Democrats. They would show mm-hmm. up, you know, uh, Democrats voted in person. But because of the pandemic, hello, and they didn't believe, they got their ass kicked. He, he conned them. Sorry, but they don't understand the concept of, of people counting a batch of votes or a very large batch of votes and the count going up. They're like, oh, look at this line, and it has a vertical line, and then it keeps going. <laughs> That's where they, they did some kind of calculation manipulation and added it. What, how can you explain that? Like, well, there was a bucket of votes, a, a pile a very large I think there pile. Were suitcases. They finished counting, and then they announced it all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know I was looking at uh, some of the numbers for the the early turnout uh, for early voting in Georgia and mail-in, and I, I think we're we're going to see a rerun of the arguments from the the national election and you know from the uh, November third results in Georgia. Because the early turnout and the mail-in early turnout has largely been from strong Democratic and minority areas. So I think we're going to see the same thing where a lot of the people who vote in person on the 5th are going to be the the Republicans, uh, you know, and anti-maskers and what have you. And all the early votes, not all, but you know, majority of those, and fingers crossed, the majority of the votes overall are going to be Democrats. Yeah, unless there's a clear winner, like a very clear winner, there's going to be a recount. There's going to be like three recounts. One of them's going to be a hand recount. I'm telling you already exactly what's going to happen. Well, you know, Dave, uh, if we know our history, when black folks start voting, and people, and then the, the people that they pick win, the voter suppression and all this recount shit really starts. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they, they told you, oh, well, we want you to vote. And then when, when they finally signed the Voting Rights Act, now you try to figure out a way to prevent us from voting. I mean, Stacey Abrams has done an excellent job of getting people of color to go out and vote. The woman raised $32 million. She got out there and she lit them up. She knew exactly what Kemp did and how that they were running stuff. And, and, and she got in there and got it done. And it's going to be done again. She's amazing. And I think because of her and, and people like her that are also coming up, we're at an inflection point where it's where there is enough people in the middle class, upper middle class, uh, you know, gaining power, just like Stacey Abrams and her sister, who's a judge, that the stranglehold that 
white people have had on the system, the system as a whole, is getting some real cracks. And not just cracks like, oh, you know, we're having, because in the 20th century, it's like, oh, we had a first, a first this, a first that. You know, no, these are like legitimate cracks in the system. It's finally going to be a fair system by the end of this century, maybe, hopefully, unless we have a civil war. Um, fingers crossed we don't. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. Kat, they've already said 2040 or 2042. It's already, but they, they knew about this. I mean, they've been talking about it. Of, of what's going to happen because of, of, you know, the United States, a giant melting pot. And those that have been in power for so long and have been the majority are definitely going to be, definitely going to be the minority by that time. And they're trying to stay in power and they're losing it. And that's why they're selling the fear. If you like people, if they know their history, they'll know what's going on you can see it it's a lot of the same old same old that's we need the oprahs of the world we need the uh who's that other guy with a horse face that one guy tony robbins tony robbins we need the tony robbins we don't need tony robbins oprahs to um isn't he a trump supporter uh he's a trump supporter and uh he's a rapist i believe or at least accused rapist he's a giant me tooer um no we need them to to help people have security in themselves so that they don't have to rely on their own racial supremacy and putting down other people to feel like they are worthwhile humans. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, you're, you're right, but it's, nah, I don't, <laughs> I, know, I don't see like it happening. To, it's like trying to fight a hurricane with a BB gun. Yeah. But you were, you know, you were when obviously everybody who supports Donald Trump knows that you do not fight hurricanes with BB guns. You fight them with nuclear weapons, Um, which uh, brings me to another point I want to discuss. But first, you know, Kat, you were talking about cracks in the system. And I want to go from cracks in the system to flies in the ointment, the monkeys in the wrench, because we we did just get through uh, the holiday season. And I don't care what Bruce Willis says. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And I I watched it because Christmas is what you do. And it it just, especially in this last week with what's been going on in Congress, I've been thinking about a lot of parallels between Die Hard and what we're dealing with in Washington, D.C. these days. Uh, you know, people have, have asked me with Trump's term in office running out, are we still going to do this show? Is, is you know, what, what are you guys going to have to talk about or complain about when Trump's gone? And we got a great example this week when a great number of Democrats in the Senate buckled on, on forcing a vote on $2,000 relief checks. A lot of them just, yeah, for whatever reason, they wanted to go home. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it pains me to say one of those people who did not stand up to vote, to have a vote for $2,000 checks was our current senator and soon to be vice president, Kamala Harris. So we will have, trust me, even under a Biden administration, and I'm guessing a lot of what we will be talking about will be the efforts to clean up the disaster and everything that's been left behind from the Trump administration. 
Yeah, and I, I also got to add this. Oh, no, you finish. Oh, well, I was, was going to say, but the, there is still, even, you know, when we largely agree with the, the leadership, there's still going to be issues. And do, do you guys uh, know Jimmy Dore? Or, you, you know, him, as yeah. a as a comedian or, you know, political commentator, I've I, you know, I have had the pleasure of working with him and I don't say that facetiously. Uh, you wouldn't know it from the videos that are making the rounds, but Jimmy actually can be a nice guy. But he's he's one of the folks that he I don't think he was ever on treasonable i know uh he had been on cause effect the show that sort of birthed this one uh pre-2017 but jimmy is one of those ultra lefties where it's like um i you know can't can't get down with what you're saying and he's been going off on aoc for not kowtowing to the yeah it's it's weird it's part of the problem with the ultra left that they're more concerned with attacking people who are going to get them closer to what they want rather than the ones that are going to prevent them from getting anything near what they want but one of the lines from die hard when uh Deputy Police Chief Dwayne Robinson, no relation, gets on the mic talking to John McClane, you know, Bruce Willis's character. And he's saying, you, you know, you, you know who you're dealing with and you've caused a lot of damage. And Bruce Willis tells him, you know, stop being part of the problem and start being part of the solution. If you're not going to stop being part of the problem, get out of the way. We kind of need a, a multi-party system, to be honest, because the Republic, the Democratic Party, frankly, is split. If you've got Jimmy Dore thinking that, and, and multiple people who support him, thinking that AOC isn't far enough to the left, oh, yeah. oh, oh mama, wow. No, this absolutely. Is, this is a crazy time. And they need to kind of do their own thing. AOC, Jimmy Dore, they could start their own party. And then me and Pelosi and Jeff Flake, we're going to start a centrist party. <laughs> and then the crazy nut wing Republicans, like the, the Nazis, they can have a Nazi party. They already have a party. They don't have to start a new one. It already exists. Yeah, but see, that's that's the problem is uh, it's it's bad enough that, that we've got QAnon senators now. I I don't want official Nazi representation in the United States government. I could be wrong, but I think we fought a war to stop that. Um, Might have read about it. Something you can in kill there. people, but you can't kill ideas. Unfortunately, like they survive. Isn't that in that? Isn't that the idea of that movie? Um, v for Vendetta. Yeah. Um, so, which also a great uh, great comic book. Uh, before mm -hmm. the movie but yeah you know what i i'm excited for the return of of having these conversations because if you recall years ago when i first started coming on to treasonable i was kind of our representative of the kind of right a little bit yeah uh, i i you you were still kind of left of center but you were definitely yeah. more more to the right than pretty much anyone on the show exactly <laughs> so so you know or maybe we could call us our center um, that was me. And then ever since the beginning of the Trump era, it's been all of us having a circle jerk about <laughs> Trump being shit. Well, I, I prefer to think of it as group therapy rather than a circle jerk, but okay. <laughs> group, all right. Jerk, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> tomato, tomato. I'm excited. I'm excited for us to go back to actually being 
able to have these discussions where we talk about what's going on without this focus on this one common enemy. And we can actually say like, oh, no, I support Nancy Pelosi on this. And you can say no AOC is right. And then you can say no, Jimmy Dore is right. But I think that's that's part of the problem is that people do not recognize you know, it's it's kind of like the the Republicans who are calling that, oh, we got the economy, we got to fix the economy. And sensible people are trying to explain to them, well, you, you have to fix the virus situation first. The economy is not going to be fixed until you fix the pandemic. So cart, horse, this is how it goes. And, well, I, you know, love the idea of open debate. There are people who, and is, this is why we started doing this show, uh, Out of the Cause Effect, which did have a roundtable of comedians from around the political spectrum, was there was just no one reasonable on the other side for for us to have interesting conversations and lively debates with. So uh, we didn't, you know, we, we stopped doing that. And... I I don't think the answer is to, oh, well, great. Now let's start, you know, having debates with the most antagonistic uh, people from our relative side of things. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice thought, but I think no matter what happens over the next three weeks, the, the people who are furthest to the sides are the ones who are going to get even more entrenched in their positions. And, you know, sadly they're going to become more intolerant and definitely more intolerable. So, well, you know, I, 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 again, admire the spirit. Um, but let's, let's see what happens, uh, before we start booking the family vacation. You know, I, I think, there, there are people who are going to be interested in talking and trying to work towards the common goals. And then I think you're going to get, you know, a lot of, nope, my way or the highway. The, the Bernie yeah. bros are going to Bernie bro. Did you see the, uh, the news about the graffiti on Nancy Pelosi's house? Oh, and yeah. That and this morning uh, on, on Mitch's door uh, down in Kentucky uh, spelled spelled incorrectly because why wouldn't it be it's Kentucky but uh, where's our money w-e-r-e-s spray painted on Mitch McConnell's house and okay I'm I am huh. gonna kind of put it out there false flag something uh, something to oh well they did this to Pelosi's house quick we we got to make it seem like uh, there are bad people on both sides because that's big with the Republicans. Not, I, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm putting it out there. By the way, I, I do want to uh, issue a bit of a retraction because last week's show we recorded the day after Christmas, which was also the day after the Nashville Christmas bombing, which if you listen to Donald Trump, you wouldn't have known happened because he, I don't think he's said anything yet about the, the Nashville bombing, which as someone said on Twitter, that's how they knew the bomber was white because Trump hadn't said anything about it. But I did raise the possibility that 
it you know, I said it it was the guy blew up his RV outside the AT&T corporate offices and their equipment hub. So not ruling out the possibility that this was a test run on disrupting communications, which, you know, still may have been, but uh, comes out the guy was a loner and, you know, believed in the lizard people conspiracies. And a couple of years ago, yeah, that's what I was just getting to. A couple of years ago, his girlfriend called the cops and said, hey, my boyfriend is building bombs in his RV. And... As we've already established, Bomber is white. So what did the cops do about it? Well, they went and checked it out. Well, you know, he had a fence and security cameras. So they, you know, they couldn't talk to him. They couldn't look at the RV. They couldn't, uh, I don't know why, but they couldn't get a warrant to, you know, search no reasonable cause, just a girlfriend, white guy, come on. Whereas had this guy been any shade darker than tan cops would have swarmed his place you know search warrants tearing the place up tearing the rv up the guy benefited from the white privilege that is is offered to to folks especially in states like tennessee that is a uh, that is a courtesy that is not offered to uh black or brown people well that's the reason why they are no brothers on the bomb squad either <laughs> You know what? What's sad too is that I wonder how much violence could be prevented if people actually listened to women, actually believed women, because you know Watch they sent it, the woman home. They they need to really, you know, not dismiss women as easily because they after she reported him for making bombs, they <laughs> sent her to be transported by ambulance for a psych eval. Good times. So. Good also, times. Why, I, you why would you date a guy like that? I mean, what is it with, you know, dating the, you know, the, you find out that your boyfriend's a serial killer and you're wondering if you should stay with him. No. Oxytocin is a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Uh, I, I want to go back to Die Hard real quick, though, and talking about the, the Democratic establishment and kind of getting into what Kat was saying about, you know, maybe having... Uh, you know, de facto parliamentary system with multiple parties. But one of the other classic lines in Die Hard is uh, after the helicopter gets blown up, Deputy Chief Dwayne says, uh, well, I guess we're going to need a couple more FBI guys. (laughs) And this is the principle that the Democratic establishment has been working under. And I think this is this is part of the problem is that this is this is the procedure, this is the way things are done, and this is the way we have to do them. And when your FBI guys get blown up, you gotta make do and deal with the situation as you can without the FBI guys. So that's that is something that uh, we will see if they can do. We'll you know, there there are people talking about challenging Pelosi uh, as speaker and depending on what happens in, in the Georgia runoffs, uh, challenging Schumer as the majority leader. So we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I do want to end uh, the show on a somewhat positive note because we we like I said, we do have about three weeks until the 20th. 
when we will ideally see a new government brought in. And a lot of people have been talking about uh, the New York State Attorney General licking her chops and, you know, Cy Vance, all these people that are looking at Trump and the Trump organization. And the conversation is turning towards happier notes and people wondering, uh, well, if convicted, will Donald Trump go to prison? So, like I said, I want to end the show on a positive note, and it is a new year. We are filled with optimism. So, presuming that Donald Trump does get convicted and sent to prison, question for you two Do you think he's going to get Epstein? <laughs> you know, if by that you mean he's going to get broken out of jail and live secretly. <laughs> On an island, yes. <laughs> well, I'm, you know, I, I think uh, getting broken out of prison and living your final days on an island is the Republican politician's version of uh, your dog went to uh, live on a farm upstate. Sure. No, no, you mean there's a good chance. Depends on how much dirt he's got on people. We'll see. Or unless somebody assassinates his ass. Well, that's, you know, I mean, once once he's no longer president, is it an assassination? You know, then it's just, you know, murdering some well, I mean, some guy who used to have a high-profile job, which I'm no not advocating. He's no good to the Russians, especially if they get him because, you know, he's not in office anymore. So he's gone, but now, which is pretty, uh, I wouldn't call it genius, but... The GOP, uh, that that base is really stupid. I think he's made like close to $500 million with the donations that they've sent in. They're just sending money in. I mean, this whole thing, he knows it's a lost cause, and that, but he's getting the people to donate money to the thing. And that, and one of the guys, I forget his name, he was a GOP, he called it that said it was a scam. He said he's scamming you right in your face. And he's made over almost $500 million. See, but one of the things that bothers me when Republicans call out Trump's chicanery is that there's always that element of, dude, we were going to scam them. You're fucking us up. We had a plan to scam these people. Now you're taking all their money and you're, this is not working. It's like, you know, Kat, you were talking about the power vacuum when the leader of a cult or a cartel is taken out. Look at Mitch McConnell. You know, I was talking on the show last week about how I certainly no fan of Trump, but the fact that after people had negotiated and all this work had gone into these relief bills and then with one tweet, you know, Trump tried to fuck it up for Mitch McConnell. Just knowing that someone was fucking with Mitch kind of made my day. Uh because it, it's the little things, but yeah, I, you know, the power vacuum it's, I think he's going to be gone. We're going to see the Republicans splinter even, even worse than they are, but they do have that vein of, of cruelty and anger that well, runs. Day day, if, and this is, this is on a good note. If, you know, say Warnock and Oslov win, which is a good chance they win. And if Biden plays his cards right and goes in and does what he's supposed to do, 
gets another stimulus package going, gets the money to the right people. He's going to have to rebuild every damn thing anyway. But once he's getting, he doesn't want to be like Obama in 2008, who took the smaller. He didn't listen. There you go, cat. He didn't. Obama didn't listen to the woman who told him to take out 1.8 trillion. He went smaller, listened to Summers, and it took longer for the plan. That's why he that and that's what produced Mitch McConnell. Because he had both ha- at the house. I mean, there's so much to be Senate. said about what Obama could have done differently. Right. Then, I you know, mean, it's Mitch, pretty much Mitch his Walker. fault we lost Congress. So Yeah, I mean that's that's what got him in trouble. The woman told him one point eight trillion. He went smaller. So what happened? You went after health care, you should have went after the economy. So here we are again. And Biden's got to do a double whammy. He's got to put the money out and get it out to the people of, uh, of you know, get everything done. And then, you know, he's got to get the, uh, you know, he's he's got to get, you know, they'll get Trump later on. He, he's not going to get in that. But he's well, that's be, I mean, go Biden is going to have plenty on his plate. Trump is for the Justice Department. We'll we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see if he tries the self-pardon. This, you know, at, at the very well, least, I think even, yeah, but I think he will try it sure. because it will keep him in the headlines. And for him, you know, that's the most important thing. If, if we stop hearing about him, we stop seeing him, people are going to stop caring. And then he's, he is truly powerless finally. Yeah. So yeah. with that, happy thought of uh powerless trump uh getting epstein potentially who knows stranger things have happened we will call it a week but i want to thank you guys for joining me on this and getting the year off to a good start uh we will see where the rest of the year goes should have a good idea by next week's episode. But thank you guys for being here with me today for this week's episode cat alvarado Thank you so much. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Thank you for having me. You can follow me on Instagram at the cat Alvarado. That's C A T A L V A R A D O. Same thing on Twitter. I post all kinds of Twitter political things. When I tweet, I, I post political comments uh, on Instagram, you'll see funny videos and pictures of my cat. Uh, and you can listen to my podcast, Villains of History, to actually hear me say smart things with fun people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great way of describing it. Well, definitely check those out. And thanks again, Kat, for being with us. Mr. Time and Ship, always a pleasure. Should you so desire, where can people find out about you and what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Uh, timeandship.com is my website, Time and Ship on Instagram, Time and Ship on Facebook, and Time and Ship. Um, you can also get me on YouTube and pick up my book, My East St. Louis, on Amazon.com, as well as my comedy CD, which is also be taken an MP3 uh, on uh, CD Baby or Spotify or iTunes. Right on. Well, thank you again for being here. What was that, Cap? I just said, hooray. Oh, yay. (laughs) (laughs) Me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. 
I am on the socials on Facebook at Dr. David Robinson. On the Twitter, I am at Stand Up Fall Down. And if you've made it this far into the show, you probably already know, but it bears repeating that we are on the socials on Facebook, all spelled out. Let's be treasonable. And on the Twitter, we are at L E T S B. T-R-E-A-S-O-N-A-B-L. We take off the E's and pass the savings on to you, the listener. Speaking of you, the listener, I want to thank you for listening. Thanks for sticking around. We got another crazy year ahead. So buckle up, kids. We're going to be doing it. I look forward to having you with us on the ride for the next year and however long we keep doing this. If you liked what you heard Please uh, rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening, even on the platforms where you're not. That'd be fine. And if you didn't like what you heard, well, thanks for sticking around this long, I guess. Uh, Let's make a deal. You don't tell anyone. We won't tell anyone. Everybody's happy. We will be back next week with what I'm hoping and predicting will be a crazy fun show so be with us when we are won't you thank you we'll be back next week see you then goodbye everybody everybody.